Welcome to the Parkway Life Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Amen. Well, welcome to Parkway Life Church. Are you glad you're here today? Amen. Amen. Oh, I don't know. Are you glad you're here today? Amen. Now, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. We want to welcome all our guests today. If it's your first time to be here, my name is not Pastor Nathan Keating, and I'm sorry to let you down. Come back next week for a really good, incredible speaker. They said the good-looking one is this week. The good-speaking one is next week. So, uh, (laughs) well, sorry my wife said that, but uh, anyways... Hey, she tries to prop me up every chance she gets, but uh, we're glad you're here today to celebrate uh, Jesus Christ, and after today, really, I'm the only thing, actually, I'm holding myself back from getting to the cake, so, uh, you know, but uh, but today, we're going to celebrate our pastors today, but we're glad you're here today, and I want to speak to you today on this thought about the art of being unordinary, unordinary, unordinary. I I hope... I hope by now, and you're living for Christ, I, I hope by now you, you, you have figured this out. I hope you figured this out, that, that if you actually get serious about living for God, like, like really living for God, and you actually get serious about living for Jesus Christ, you're going to end up unordinary. You're going to end up different. You're, you're going to end up not the same as most people, and, and I'm okay with that. In fact, right now, right now, just stand up, just stand up real quick. I, I want you to say, raise your right hand with me if you're a follower of Christ. If, if you're not, well, this is a good chance to start. Uh, so raise your, I accept the, no, uh, uh, so, so just say, I am not normal. Very good. You may be dismissed. We'll see you. Let's go get, let's go get cake. You may be seated. In, in fact, this is what I want you to do. I want you to look at the person beside you. You choose which either one. And you just point to them, point to them and say, hey, you're not normal. Y'all been waiting on that forever. And now, now just point to the one behind them. Usually Ronna Foster sits behind me and I've been wanting to tell her. So go ahead and point to the person behind you and just tell them, say, you're not normal. You're not normal. Very good. Very good. Amen. Now you understand. And I, I hope, you're, hope you're good. Hope you're good with that. But, but this is the deal. It's true. It's true. And we must come to the realization of this. That living for Jesus Christ is it's, it's unordinary. It's not normal. It's not the ordinary life like everybody lives. It, it's unordinary. And, and we got to become okay with it. You know, I think it's time that the church stands up and says, it's okay to be unordinary. It's okay to be different. It's okay to not fit in with everybody else around us. We got to come to the understanding. You know why? Because Jesus was unordinary. Jesus Christ was unordinary. And he was okay with it. I mean, in fact, have you read his word like it's called the Bible? Like his word? And then you you get into reading the Bible and you get to those red letters. I mean, I mean, I mean he, the whole Bible was inspired by Jesus Christ, but the red letters, they might as well put that in quotes because that came straight out of his mouth. 
Let me give you a few examples of unordinary, how unordinary he was. He said these words. He said, you got to love your enemies. That's not normal. That's unordinary. He said this. He said, the first shall be last. And last shall be... What? I mean, like, I, 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 ran, I ran a race in, in high school. I was on the track team in the middle school. Lumberton Middle School. Yes, they didn't have enough people. <laughs> and, and I got up on the 100-yard dash because there wasn't enough people. And I got on the line, and I'm telling you what, I, I've got a lot of hope in me. And I got down on, on the line, and, 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 and I, I thought, man, I'm fixing to run first. And, and, and I'm beside the guys from Jasper and Woodbull and, I mean, all these different schools. And, I mean, they were, they, they, I, mean, I, I thought I was fixing to whip all of them. And, and when, they, when they pulled the, gun, the trigger, they were at the 100-yard dash when I was at the 9-yard dash. I mean, but you know what? The Bible said the, the last shall be first, and I, I won that race. The Bible said this, it said, give and it shall be given to you. No! I mean, really, like, take and it shall be given to me, right? I mean, but, but give, like, if I give it, I'm not going to have it no more. But Jesus said, give and it shall be given. I, 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 that's unordinary. What about this one? Oh, this is, this is, hold on, go ahead and just pull your toes up. He, he said, he, he, he said, because I'm, I'm going to step on my own. He said, he, he said, forgive someone even before they ask for forgiveness. Oh, Let's take another altar call right now. And, and not only that, Peter said, oh, that's easy. I got that. What do you mean to do? Seven times? <laughs> Jesus said, no. Over 490 times. Like every time they do you wrong, just, just forgive them. That's unordinary. And, and then th- those are some different thoughts there. That, that, that's very unordinary. But, but we ought to understand this. When Jesus was saying this, people were coming in droves to hear about this difference. That they were coming from far and wide to to find out what was so different about this man named Jesus. What was so unordinary. And he pulled them in and and he was exciting. He would because he was unordinary. He wasn't the same. He didn't fit in. There was something different about him that people would walk for miles to hear what he had to say. So what if we were to be like Jesus? What if we were to become like Jesus Christ? What what if we were truly Christians and Christ-like? I think if we were Christ-like, that we would be unordinary. We would be different. And and, and this is the deal. A lot of people get this wrong. I'm not talking about what they see. About what you're wearing. I'm talking about a deeper thing that we miss as Christians, like being different on the inside, the things that they don't see, like our character, like, like our morals, like our spirit, like, like the way you live, like the way you make decisions and, and the way you act. I, that, that's what I'm talking about, the different ways that we act. It's who you are. Romans 12 and 2 says this. Don't copy the behavior and the customs, or put this word there, the patterns of this world. But let God transform you into a new person, a, a new pattern, by changing the way that you think. And then you will learn to know God's will for you. Listen to this, which is good 
It's pleasing and it's perfect. Understand God's will for you is those three words right there. It's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect. And before we move on, we've got to understand this. We've got to understand this as Christians today that that God's unordinary works way better than the world's ordinary. God's unordinary works way better than the world's ordinary. We've got to understand that. But we also must understand this. It's, it's not easy to be unordinary. It's not easy to be different. It's not easy to stand out in the crowd. See, see you see, none of us want to normally be unordinary. We're, we, we don't go to work thinking, man, I hope I just, I, I hope I don't fit in today. But it's not normal. None of us desire to be different. None of us desire to be unordinary. In fact, this is the reality is that we all want to fit in. We, we all want to blend in to be part of the group or be part of the in crowd or we normally desire to, to fit in. And, and in fact, I'm, I'm going to look back in time and see how awesomely you fit in over time because we, we've done some really unordinary things to try to fit in. Like this. Like raise your hand if you've ever done any of these things, okay? Raise your hands. Like in the 80s, you ladies, you, you walked into the room with those big old shoulder pads <laughs> on, your, on your dress. Like, I'm not raising my hand. I didn't wear those. Like you look like a linebacker. I mean, but, but you fit in. If you're wearing a shoulder pads today, Lord, forgive me. I've already said forgive those that offend you, right? How many of you in the 80s wore the, the MC hammer pants and the skids? Yeah, yeah, like this. Because you know why? Because you were normal. You were ordinary. You fit in. Anybody wearing skids today? Anyway, you, you, how about this? How many of you women in, in the 90s wore leg warmers? Like those leg warmers you put on. Like it was 110 degrees outside, but you were cool because you had leg warmers on. How many of you wore a fanny pack? <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not in style anymore. How, okay, here, here we go. I, I tried to find a, a picture of our birthday girl today because she probably had this, but I didn't. I did look. I did, it was just too far to go back in the pictures. But for the ladies who poofed, who poofed their, who poofed their hair? Anybody in the house, like, like, uh, like, like, uh, <laughs> like you, you want to be a foot taller. I won't talk about any of the do sets today, but, be, be, but, but when Wayne married her, she, she thought she was the same height. So, but who poofed their hair? Men, who wore a rat tail? You know, the, the cool thing in the back, little rat tail. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, and then bell bottoms. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and poodle skirts. Oh, yeah, it's funny. We made our dresses out of felt. Uh, felt. What about bowl cuts? You got a bowl cut in high school in your yearbook. Or, or the flat top. The flat top. Chuck, I'm so sorry I used to make fun of your flat top all the time. We need to bring that back. And then last but not least, who, who wore a mullet? Anybody here? Anybody wore a mullet? Like, like, like business in the front and party in the back, you know? You fit in. 
So, and let me talk to the young crowd here in the front because y'all think y'all were so weird. Y'all are so crazy with that. But let me tell you guys, Alec Keaty, because one of these days you're going to look back and you're going to see your, yourself in a picture, uh, uh, seeing yourself with a picture wearing skinny jeans with holes all in them and the, and the pants are this short right here and you're not wearing socks. And you're going to look back and go, man, I was weird. That's what I'm talking. Yeah. Listen, somewhere along junior high, somewhere along junior high, the age, it became so accepted for every one of us to just fit in with the crowd. To, to just follow what everybody was doing. And we wanted to be part of that crowd. To, it's all that mattered to, to just fit in with the crowd. And, and, and in fact, I, I got to admit, there's still a little part of that middle school Brandon Pippen inside of me that says, I want to fit in. I want to I mold to what they, they do and what, to, what, what this person do. I, I want to be a part and blend in to fit in with that crowd. But listen to me today, Parkway. This is what we've got to understand. Jesus didn't call us to fit in. He called us to make a difference. He didn't say fit in. He said, I want you to make a difference. I want you to make a difference. This is why Jesus' teachings did not fit in. They didn't fit in with the world's ways or the world's pattern that Romans 2 talks about. In fact, they didn't even fit in. Listen to this. They didn't fit in with the world's ways and Jesus' wordings didn't even fit in with the religious people of that day. It was the religious people and the world that put him on the cross. Because why? Because he didn't fit in with their ways. He didn't fit in. He was unordinary. And today, I want, to, I want to bring a scripture to you in just a second that is probably the most unordinary scripture that I could find. In fact, Romans 2 says this. This is not the scripture, but Romans 2 says not to conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to find that good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. We're trying to get to that. The pattern of this world, we've got to understand, is not working. You see where that pattern's heading, don't you? You see that today that pattern's broken. It's not working, but yet we want to fit in with it. This is the scripture I want to share with you because this is, I'm going to share with you today later uh, two patterns. I'm going to share with you the world's pattern and I'm going to show you Jesus' pattern. And this is where it starts. It starts with this very unordinary scripture in Matthew 16 and 25. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. I don't get it. Lose my life, I'll find it. I don't understand. I mean, it's, you know why? Because it's, it's unordinary. I mean, to save my life, I've got to lose it. But if I lose my life, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find it. We must understand this before we move on, that if, if we live our life the way that people around us live, if we chase the things 
that people around us chase and behave the way that they behave. And if we go after all the things that they're going after, trying to rake it all in, Jesus says this, that you'll ultimately be disappointed. Yeah, it's fun. It's great in the, in the long run, but it's more like credit card living. It's like it's great now, but when I'm paying for that refrigerator 20 years down the road that I got rid of 15 years ago, something's not adding up here. And we begin, he says, but if you change the pattern, if you leave that behind and die to that pattern and begin to live for me and with me, he says this, he says, you're going to find life. And eventually he says this in John 10, he says, you're going to have life more abundantly. I want to find that life. I want to live that life. And I want to ask you today, is, is ordinary living, is it really working? Is living ordinary, just like everybody else, trying to rake it all in, is it really working? Is trying to fit in with the crowd, is it really working? Is our culture, is our culture working today? I want to look at the culture today. I want to look at it because this is the deal in our culture today. People are living in so much debt, so much jealousy, so much busyness, so much ungodliness, so much division and, and hatred. And it's gotten to the point where I can't even watch the news anymore. I mean, I wanted to watch the news of this. I'm a fireman. I wanted to watch the news of the Deer Park fire this week. It's world news. But you know what they wanted to show? Division and hatred against the president or against the Democrats or against the Republicans. And, and he did this and he did that. When the world news needs to be showing what's going on. But the news says that we're going to show division and hatred. I mean, you're not cool. You're not cool, teenagers. Unless you're a guy and you slept with every girl that you can find. You're not cool, girls, unless you slept with every guy that you can find. And then, and then, then, we, then, then we, we get married and we, we think it's the same pattern still. That even though I'm married because I could do what I wanted to and sleep with who I wanted to then and break it off, I can sleep with whoever I wanted to and then break it off again and remarry. I mean, it's just a pattern of this world. If you've been there, I'm not judging you at all. I'm just saying it's a pattern. The pattern says it's okay to do this. We've taken the perfect union between a man that God created, between a man and a woman in marriage and made it more like a breeding pasture. It says, hey, go out in the field and do with what you want to do. You're the bull and you're the cow. Get at it. Find whoever you want to. That's what this world's culture has come to. And we wonder why today our marriages won't stick. We live with holes and hurt in our life. So what do we do? We self-medicate these holes and these symptoms that we have. We, we find something like spending money. We find something like shopping. That's going to make me feel better. We, we, we find things like eating. I just, ooh, you know, I mean, that's not why I eat, by the way. We, we find things like drugs or we find things like alcohol to numb the pain. To disguise the hole and remove the pain for just a short moment in our lives. And this is what I'm thinking. If the pattern says that that's okay, 
and we keep going in this direction, the most ordinary people in our world, the normal people in our world, will be the Kardashians. Yeah. That's the pattern. That they'll become the role models of that pattern. And I don't think that that pattern is working. What if we gave the unordinary pattern of Jesus Christ a shot? Let me try to show you today. This, this is the ordinary pattern. And we're going to bring some friends of mine out today to help. But Alec, if you can go ahead and come out today. This is our pattern. See, in our, in our culture today, this is the most important thing in our world. You. Me. The why. It's me. Everything's about me. Am I happy? Does this make me happy? And, and everything in this world says nothing else really matters except for me. My wants, my desires, my opinion. And, and every decision that you make goes through the why, through, through you. Why for you, through, through me. Does it make me happy? Does it bring me satisfaction? Because who is the most important person on the planet? Me. It all matters because of me. And then the, the, the ordinary pattern also has somebody else in the picture. Go ahead and bring out the next letter from me. Because it's ordinary. I mean, we believe in Jesus, right? We've got Jesus in our life. I mean, the, the ordinary, normal person out there in the world says, yeah, I believe in God. I go to church. And we've got Jesus in the picture. We, we put Jesus in, in, in there. And, and in our culture today, most people believe in Jesus. We, we like Jesus. He's our Facebook friend. But he's way back in importance in my life because... My will is more important than his will. And there's a huge gap between us. Yeah, he's a part of my life, but he's, he's over there. Everything goes through me. Got him in my life. I go to church. But he's, he's over there. But the priority is me, then the gap, then Jesus. Bring out the next, Mason. Bring out the next letter. Because people living ordinary lives also have others they care about others they, they've got others in there they care about them I mean I really do care about people I, I mean like like if I was in line at the store and I had 82 items in my cart and somebody come behind me and they had two items in their cart I just might think about letting them go in front of me right like like I just might let them go ahead or or, or maybe Maybe if maybe I'll put my shopping cart in the stall, like at, like at Walmart, because I care about others. I don't want that shopping cart to hit nobody's car. Or may, maybe I'm I'll be in line and getting my coffee, and I'll be in in, in the drive-through line. You know, hopefully one day Hard Bean has a drive-through, and we're all in line, and and somebody somebody pulls up at the very beginning of the line, and they pay for their drink. And they pay for the person behind them, you know, and then you're that person. You're like, I, I, I may just keep this thing going. Maybe that, may, because I care about others. But the reality of it is this, it's, a, it's an afterthought. Or Because why? 
how is caring for others going to affect me? Because I'm the most important thing in this world. And everything runs through me. Everything goes through my will. And the scary thing to me is this, that when people start coming to Christ, when people start say, you know, I'm going to start going to church and living for God, this is the adjustment. That we just get closer to Christ. But everything's still really about me. He's closer. But really, it, it's my will. And as people live for Christ, that's the adjustment that they make. And I'm going to hit a pretty hard question here. Okay? But I want you to realize the pattern. Do you know who in the Bible had this pattern? Me, Jesus, others. His name was Lucifer. Satan. I will do this. I will do that. I will do this. He knew about Jesus. He was an angel. Jesus created him. He knew him. I bet they were pot. I bet they were friends. He had a, a gathering of one third of the angels in heaven. That when he was sent out of heaven, they all went with him. But I want you to see today that this is the pattern that Lucifer had. Because it was all about him. It was all about me. And, and I want to say this today. You're never more like Satan himself than when everything is about you. I know that's a hard-hitting statement, but I want you to understand, you are never more like Satan himself when everything in the world revolves around you. Selfishness was his main instrument. It was all about him. It was his pattern. And this is also the world's pattern. And I have to say that you, Jesus, and others, that, that pattern doesn't work when everything flows this way. Through this pattern. I want to show you another pattern today. I want to, I want to show you a pattern that, that is another pattern. And I want you to be ready because it's not, or, uh, it's not ordinary. It's unordinary. This other pattern that, that, that Jesus is talking about here in, in, in the Bible. It's the pattern of Jesus. In, in fact, this, this, this pattern requires us to die out to this way of thinking. Which is the hardest part of Christianity. And it's another pattern. We've already read it in Matthew 16, 25 about losing your life to find it. But, but I want to go back to that verse because there's a verse right before that, that that really puts that verse in context about how we do this, lose it to find it type of life. In Matthew 16, 24 through 25, then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to be a Christian, whoever wants to live for me must do this. They must deny themselves, they must take up their cross, and they must follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever wants to lose their life for me will find it. I want to show you a new pattern today. I want to show you God's pattern for your life, the pattern that he wants you to live 
The, the number one is this. Is that first, number one, Jesus says that we must first deny ourselves. This is the hardest part of the pattern. You know why? Because the why must die. The why must surrender their life in, in worship to God and surrender. The why has got to lay down and kneel before Jesus and say, not my will, but your will in my life. And this is the hardest part of humanity is, is we want control. Carrie Underwood, thank you so much. You said it correct. Jesus, take the wheel. It's a little better than that. But let me tell you, it is so true. In Christianity even, so many people still have the why as their God. We must surrender to God and say, God, not my will, but your will be done. And listen to me when I say this. this is, it's not about what makes me happy, but it needs to be what about what pleases God. What pleases God? Does this please God? Does this please God? And this is the thing. This is the cool thing about it. That when the why dies, who becomes number one in this situation? Now everything, because I've surrendered my life, I've denied myself, everything flows through Him now. Everything flows through Jesus because I've a surrendered life. And now Jesus takes control of my life and now He suddenly moves to the front and now every decision that I make because I'm surrendered now all my decisions go through him how many situations could that have saved us through and then it says this number two first we must deny ourselves. number two we must take up our cross we must take up our cross now everything flows through Jesus do you understand this that Jesus was all about others it wasn't about him at all. That when he becomes first in our life, we start mirroring him, and now everything comes about others. It becomes about serving others and helping others and loving others. I mean, just, just a while ago, I said this. A while ago, I said this. I said, we are most like Satan when everything is about us. We are most like Jesus when everything is about others. Do you not see what he did? Do you know what the cross was about? Do you think it was about him? Do you know what the cross was? Jesus was saying, hey, I'm denying myself. Go ahead and put it down. This is new. This wasn't in our notes. But Jesus is saying, I'm denying myself because I care about you. I love you. And I want to surrender my life for you. And I'm going to go to the world and I'm going to deny myself on a cross and show you my care and my love for you. Go ahead and stand Jesus back up because I think he, he, he get him back up quick. Get him back up quick. But that's what the cross was about. It's about others. I said a while ago, you're the most like, like Satan when everything is about us, but you are the most like Jesus when everything is about others. Everything about Jesus was about others. It was the last thing he did before going to the cross. He gets his disciples together. What does he do? He's eating with them at the Last Supper, and they do something that they were not expecting. He told them, in fact, later in the scripture, he says, he says, I'm teaching you this pattern, Peter, because I want you to get this right. Because in a few months, you're going to be in a building in Acts, 
But you got to get this right before you get that right. He said this. He said, he, he, he gets down on his, his knees, Jesus Christ. About, he knows where he's fixing to go. He's at the Last Supper. The disciples don't know what's about to happen. And he says, I, I want to teach you a pattern. This is the pattern. Jesus takes off his over jacket or shawl or whatever he's wearing and wraps it around his waist. It's a buck of water. He goes over to the disciples, gets down on his knees. Peter's like, no, no, I'm, don't wash my feet. I want to wash yours. Jesus says, no, this is the pattern I'm trying to teach you, Peter and disciples. We got to love others. It's got to be about others. And when you're serving others and loving others, that's when we're the most like Jesus. It's when our life becomes more about them than us. And I'll say it this way. You want to know when you're a fully devoted person, a fully devoted person to Christ? It's not when you're filled with God's Spirit. That's an important step. It's when you start serving. This is when you know you're a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Not when you're filled with the Spirit. That's a good first step. Baptize. Repent, be baptized, fill with the Spirit. He says it's when you, when you begin to serve others that we begin to find out that we are a fully devoted follower of Christ. I stated earlier about God didn't call us to fit in. He called us to make a difference. You ever heard that around here? In growth track? It's our dot four. We, we, we got to connect the dots. If you've been through growth track, you know the, the dots and the vision of Parkway. It's to know Jesus to find, or to find salvation, to know Jesus, to find freedom, to discover your purpose. And the biggest step of all is to make a difference. Now go out and make a difference in this world. It's our dot four, serving. It's following Jesus means that serving others will be more important than you. And when you serve, you look like Jesus. We've got to deny ourselves, take up our cross, serve others. And number three is that we must follow Christ this means this that we take ourselves and we follow Christ and we put ourselves in third place we become third place you see it now you say I want the life I want that life and life more abundantly you see it this is that picture why because all of a sudden when we put ourselves in this order all of a sudden we get filled with joy and joy unspeakable and full of glory and we wonder where does that come from it because it comes from serving Jesus Christ putting him first in our life serving others and loving people and then we are third place and this is why we don't understand how Christians have joy this is the picture of that right here it's life and life more abundantly now you understand and you know what he meant to lose my life I'll find joy to lose my life, I'll find joy in the midst of struggle and pain and situations. I'll have joy. I'll have joy because everything goes through Jesus. Everything is serving others. And here I am in the same picture. I'm important too. He wants to give me life and life more abundantly. I want to surrender my will. What if you had an unordinary marriage where, where, where the husband and the wife loved each, each other when it's not about you but the other? In an unordinary marriage, this is 
where joy comes from. It's because it's about Jesus and others and, and, and me. And that's the importance of getting joy in our life. It's an unordinary marriage. Unordinary kids, you want unordinary kids? Teach them this lesson. It's about Jesus. It's about others. And it's about you. And you're going to have joy with your kids. You, you want an, an ordinary work week? Whoa, this gets deep now. It's an unordinary work week when, when it should be, what can I get out of my job? I'm going to work because the why is still here. I'm going to work to get a paycheck. No, I'm going to work to make a difference because everything goes through Jesus. It's about what I can do for my company. It's about what I can do for my coworkers. And guess what? I will have joy in my work because it's about living for God, loving others, and living for men. I'm going to have joy at work because it's in this order. When you get it in this order, it's the pattern that we don't see. It's the pattern we don't see. It's ordinary, an ordinary church today in growth track. Scott is going to be teaching a lesson about, the le- the, about how, what, the, what the passion of this church is. You know what it is? It's that we are crazy about Jesus Christ. We want to show Jesus Christ to this world. This is our unordinary church. It's not normal. It doesn't fit the mold of any other church I've ever seen. Why? Because we're crazy about Jesus. We're crazy about you and you and you. And somewhere in the middle here we are as a church going, this is our order. Why is there so much joy around here? Because we love God. We love people. And we love life. Oh, have you heard that before? That's my motto in life. This is what I live for. This is what I've lived for my entire life. Is This is what I teach my kids. We love Jesus. We love others. We love people. And we love life. This is where you get your joy from. This is the pattern of Jesus Christ. And this is the life that he wants you to live. And guess what you'll have when everything gets in this? It's not going to be easy. I haven't had an easy life. But through the hardest times of my life, I've still had joy. Where does it come from? It comes from first when situations happen in your life. Who do I go to? This is why most people miss it. We bring the why back over here when we go through hard situations. We think we can handle it. You can't. Allison, you're here today. We, we can't. I've, I know where you're at. I can't handle that. But I know if I turn to him... That's where my strength comes from, girl. That's where my strength comes from. Every one of you have been calling her, loving her, showing her help and mercy. Why? Because we love people. And through the hardest times in our life, Allison, I hope you've had joy through this. It hasn't been half fun. But somewhere in the midst of it, joy comes up and pops up in the hardest moments. I want to close. You can stand. At the Last Supper, I've already mentioned, Jesus sits down and he washes the disciples' feet. And he talks to them. He starts washing their feet and then he talks to them. But there's a, a scripture in John chapter 17, it's in red letters, where Jesus begins to pray over them. It's his last prayer. He talks to them, but then he starts to pray over them. And it's during this prayer that Jesus said some really cool things. And this is how I want to close today with the scripture. 
It's in John 17, 13 through 18. Jesus is actually praying this. He says, now I'm coming to you. He says, I told them many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. The world doesn't get it. But God wants us to see it. He says, so they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word. And, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world. Or they are unordinary. They don't understand them. They don't, they, they, they don't really get it. Just as I, Jesus says, do not belong to the world. He was also unordinary. He said, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. Or to go to that other pattern of life that is broken. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. And he said this word. He says, make them holy by your truth. People always are trying to figure out what holiness is. I'll tell you what it's not. It's not me, Jesus, and others. You want to reach holiness in your life where Jesus says, Be holy for I am holy. Put it in this order and you're headed in the right direction. People say, How, how can I be holy? Jesus Love Jesus, love others. And I can promise you when the why becomes third, you'll find yourself in holiness. It's holy. He says, make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which, which is truth. And just as you sent me into the world, just as Jesus came into the world, he said, I'm sending them into the world. God's calling you to go into the world not to be ordinary, but to be unordinary. The same thing that drew people to Christ was his order. They were they were they were they were like, wow. When people are looking at you, they're not looking at you because you're different and just something weird about you. They know that there's something really good in there. They see the joy. They see the peace. They see the, the, they, they see the fruits of the Spirit coming out of you. And that's what is drawing them. I want us to be a church that goes and, be, and, and becomes unordinary on your job. Unordinary out on the baseball field and coaching. And unordinary here and everywhere you go. Just be unordinary. But this is how we do it. We've got to surrender and deny ourselves. We've got to pick up our cross, and we've got to follow Jesus Christ, and that's the order we do. Would you bow your heads with me today? God, we love you. God, I pray that we become an unordinary church, just as you were unordinary. God, I pray for the, 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 the students, God, in their schools. I, I pray that there become a passion for them to be unordinary in their schools and make a difference. I pray for the moms and the dads that have been going through struggles and, and things, God, that, that they will turn to themselves and they'll deny themselves and, 
They'll turn to you, God, and, and begin to, to work through the situations with you, God. And you will help them and to love people and love their kids and love the husbands and the wives. God, I pray for moms and dads. I pray for the students. I pray for people on their jobs, God, that we will be unordinary, God, and we will make a difference, God. The same difference that you made, we want to point them back to you. God, I pray today that if they have not, anybody in this room has not surrendered their self to you, God, this week, that they go home and they say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try your way. I, I'm going to try your way because the way I've been doing it, God, it's broken. It's, it's, not, it, it's headed in the wrong direction. But God, I, I want to deny myself. God, I want to take up your cross. I want to start caring for others more than I think about myself. And God, I want to follow you. Because I want to be just like you. God, when, when people see this church and they see us, I pray that they see you, God. I pray that they see you, God, in everything we do. And God, it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hope y'all have seen something today that you can take today.